You're listening to Youth Ministry Maverick, a podcast about mold-breaking methods to invest in the next generation of the church. Here's your host, Jeff Harding. What's going on, everybody? This is Jeff. Welcome back to Youth Ministry Maverick. You're listening to episode 47, The Enneagram 8 Youth Worker. We are currently in our 11-episode series called the Youth Worker Enneagram Project. So let's head into today's episode with the featured Enneagram coach and co-host, as well as the Youth Worker guest. All right, welcome back to the podcast. Um, We are continuing our Youth Worker Enneagram Project series, and my co-host and Enneagram coach for today's episode is Danielle. So Danielle, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. Good to be here. Good to have you. And our guest today is Cassie. So Cassie, could you give us a little intro about yourself, what you do, and your Enneagram numbers, please? Sure. Uh, My name is Cassie. I am a volunteer youth worker with a small rural youth ministry, um, very small town. I also am employed in ministry as well. I am an Enneagram 8 with a 7 wing. Perfect. Glad to have you. Small town, small church. I love that um, because I think you are part of the majority of a lot of churches um, really in our country and in some kind of context, the world. And so it's great to have you here to represent eights and to learn more about that. Uh, Danielle, can you give our listeners a little reminder about the major characteristics of an Enneagram eight? Yeah. So, uh, type eight also called either the challenger or the protector. Uh, one of the big things about them is, They make natural leaders and strategists, so they see everything from a big picture, and they're very action-oriented, so they will take action. A lot of times, most other types experience them as a little bit intense as far as because they just really want to make things happen. Um, They pay attention to strength and power in the room, and they, they don't necessarily need to be in control, but they don't like to be controlled. So you'll see when they start to feel that way, they will kind of rise up and take control so they don't feel controlled. Um, Also love justice. They stand up for the underdog um, or people who they see as being oppressed or needing um, that. One of the great things about them is they are truth tellers, even when it's difficult. Um, So we all need that in our lives, right? Uh, People who will speak the truth and help us with that. And then they are probably the most comfortable uh, type with conflict. They see that as a way to keep building the relationship and, and moving forward. And so a lot of us who back off from conflict, um, they help us do that. Actually. I think that's one of the great qualities about AIDS is getting us all comfortable with being in conflict and working things out. So. Yeah. Great. Great. And the poll that we did back uh, a while back to uh, start off this series uh, where we interviewed almost 1300 uh, youth workers and got their info. Eights fell uh, sixth highest on the list out of nine. Uh, and so almost one of every 10 youth workers who responded identifies as an Enneagram eight. Um, and I know several eights uh, in ministry. 
And it's great to get to uh, peel back the onions and the layers and be able to um, hear what it's like for an eight to talk about their own ministry. So people who are listening who are an eight or who know eights can also think about that themselves. And so Cassie, uh, based on how God has wired you, um, what do you think you do well in ministry? Where do you excel? Um, I am, I think, a good communicator. Um, I share vision. Um, I love the way Danielle described that, where we can just look from above and see the big picture and vision it out and communicate it really, really effectively and clearly and concisely. Um, that's a that's a real skill that I have that I bring to the table. Um, and also a willingness to have hard conversations, to step into um, one of the things that Danielle just mentioned was that we're willing to rise up and take control when it's needed. Um, a thing that is often talked about in terms of eights is this control dynamic. I'm willing to step into a gap. If there is a gap, I will step into it and I will lead the charge that needs to be led. And I, and I see that as, I see that as real strength for myself. Um, and also I see that benefiting our ministries as we reach out um, and share Jesus with our communities. Yeah, I love it. Danielle, where would you expound upon what Cassie shared for people who are listening, who are wondering where eights can really excel in youth ministry? Yeah, so I, I think she picked up on something I've already said, which is they make natural leaders um, compared to the rest of us. They are in a, um, a triad that is an assertive triad, and they're probably the most assertive on the Enneagram as far as seeing what they can see and then moving forward. They're very future-oriented. So the vision piece is a huge piece. I also think the communication is um, spot on, right? Like eights are not afraid to, to speak what needs to be said and move people forward. So I, I really love that about the eights. Um, and then they, they really do have big hearts, right? So one of the things we will probably get into this when, you know, we're talking about what, what kind of gets in their way, but um, a lot of people can find them intimidating at first. And so part of that is they're just direct and they communicate well and they take direct action. Um, and so some of the, you know, some of the rest of our types are, you know, um, wondering what people are thinking. <laughs> so we're not taking as much time. And I love that they can step into the gap because I do, I don't know if I explained that earlier, but um, I do think that when there is a gap, the eight will step in and they will lead and lead well. So those are some really positive traits about them. And I know um, I have several eights in my life, but one in particular really forced me to get comfortable with conflict and, um, our relationship has been life-changing because of how she's spoken truth and communicated with me. And so I think there's so much value. And I think a lot of times, especially women eights get a bad rap, uh, <laughs> um, especially on those stereotypes. So um, really let's break those down and, and know that they um, there's so much value that they can bring to the table in ministry. So. Yeah. Yeah. When Cassie, when you said stepping in the gap, when I think about eights in my life that I know or have known, in the context of youth ministry, that is where I appreciate them the most. Because when I have needed someone to be able to give clear directions, if I can't step in at that moment, or if I'm trying to explain something and I'm not being clear, they can break it down for me. Um, if there's a group that's kind of off and confused and not really knowing what's going on, or there's kind of chaos, 
they can bring everyone back. Uh, and I really appreciate that because that's needed in ministry. And people often, I think, especially with these younger generations, people see that and they conflate it with someone who's a jerk, who's not tolerant, who's, you know, all of those. And really, um, a firm hand uh, is very healthy because look how God interacts with his people throughout scripture. And of course, because we're human, we're never going to do that perfectly. But that is part of how God designed us. That communication style and way that we're wired isn't necessarily part of the fall of creation. It's part of God's image, right? We're all wired differently. And yet we all represent male and female, the image of God. And uh, that's why we are going through this series. And that's why it's good in youth ministry to reflect on leadership style, because there are different styles and yet so many good leaders who lead differently, right? Um, so that for me personally has has been where I've really appreciated eights in my life. Um, Cassie, have you received uh, other good input and compliments and do you feel like there are people around you who have appreciated and benefited from where you think you excel in ministry? Yeah, I think the the truth telling and the comfortability that I have with difficult conversations and even in a lot of ways, the ability to speak directly, um, our students appreciate that. <clears throat> especially surrounding difficult conversations. When we're talking about things like sex or dating, um, drugs, violence, like these really difficult to navigate conversations, a lot of other types, they're kind of, um, ooh, yikes. Like, I don't know how to navigate this. And I can just be fully present in that moment and directly have that conversation. And I don't shy away from it. And um, I think our students really appreciate that. I, I am not somebody who gets a deer in the headlights um, look on my face when a student asks a question about sex, for example. Yeah. I'm ready for it and I can have that conversation. Now, does that make the authority figures in the room a little uncomfortable that I just jump right in and, and handle it? Maybe. I just, I head it off directly. Um, so that I think enhances the relational element of youth ministry. They, they crave that. They crave that. They don't want us to tiptoe around them. So I've, I've gotten that feedback from our students themselves. Yeah, Cassie, that is great. And when you talk about telling it like it is and being able to speak directly, it's not like, here it is, get over it. You are speaking it clearly to say, this is really where I'm going and what we're talking about. I want to help you understand, right? And people might not think that or assume that, and that's probably a stereotype, but I'm glad that you brought it up that way. And I think it's good to frame it um, in that way. Um, but as any type on the Enneagram and any one of us, uh, there are also things that we struggle with. Um, and anyone listening of any number can agree with that. And so, Cassie, where are some areas you think um, you struggle in ministry or they don't come as easy or you need help with or extra focus on because of how God has wired you? Well, I don't think anybody in this room or listening to this podcast would be shocked to hear me say authority is the difficult place um, that I struggle 
in terms of the way that I've been wired. I am not somebody who accepts authority for authority's sake. Mm -hmm. I am your mom, so I said so has never worked on me. Yeah. 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 Uh, I would say that's probably um, a great point to make and a point of struggle, even for those who aren't eights. Um, But yeah, yeah, I can see where that would be hard. Uh, Danielle, uh, what would you expound upon that as far as people who are listening who might be having troubles or like, I need help and I don't understand how to do this or I can't do it well because they're an eight in ministry? Yeah, I I think um, that kind of goes back to this childhood message. I don't know if we've talked about this on on the podcast series yet, but, um, the eights, they are, they have a, um, uh, what they're saying to themselves is they don't want to be betrayed. So that is kind of their core fear that they're Mm. avoiding. And, um, because of that, they choose not vulnerability is very uh, challenging for them. And I think authority kind of goes along with that, right? Like, um, if you have an authority who is saying, this is how it's going to go, that that requires surrender. And I think an eight would struggle with that, especially if they don't trust the authority. Um, so I think that's a, a big thing for eights um, to really process of, um, you know, how how to come together and yet lead well. Because they, again, they want to lead well. Um, they're probably, again, the most leadership oriented on the Enneagram and, um, and they want to take action. Some other things I wrote down about eights where they can kind of get into trouble. I don't know if you've experienced this, Cassie, in any phase of your ministry is um, they really don't like small details, right? So a lot of us are wired to give all the details and eights are like, I'm bored now and I'm moving on. So uh, something to remember because they can be intimidating to us, especially if we don't know them. Um, we want to talk to them like we would want to be talked to, but they actually want you to talk back to them like they talk to you. So, <laughs> so rip the bandaid off and be really direct with them that they will value that um, in ministry. And I think, you know, the flip side is true for AIDS in ministry is to remember that not everyone can handle as much directness as you're used to. Um, and just reigning in that intensity sometimes because, you know, we need to work together. But I think overall, um, you know, that authority piece is a big piece for them and choosing vulnerability. I always recommend for AIDS as a growth piece to, um, to just find one or two people you can be vulnerable with there and just start there. So. Yeah, I think that's so great. Um, I think one of the misconceptions with AIDS is that we don't do authority at all, that we don't, we don't do control at all. We don't do authority at all. And that's a misconception. It's that we, we we do fear being betrayed and we have a lot of trust issues probably um there's a trust there's a trust thing there and so we want the authority to be trustworthy we want the authority to be um somebody that we know that will that can carry the weight that has been given to them and so it's not that I, I can't have somebody in authority over me. It's that I need to know that the person who has authority over me can, can really carry me through. And if they can't, that's when, that's when it's not as pleasant. That's when I struggle. <laughs> that's when I have a hard time with it. Um, and I would agree as well. I have actually said details are not my jam. I don't do the details. That's not my thing. I have a, 
intentionally hired staff members on my team at work to to go do the details for me so that I don't have to do the details. So that, I agree with that. You know, uh, since we've been talking a lot about the stereotypes of eight and how um, it's really good to be clear on what their intentions are and their heart is. Uh, Cassie, can you talk about maybe some examples of uh, people who maybe when you initially met them or, or worked with them or the students that you initially m- ministered to that at first they were like, oh my gosh, who is this person? And now they've kind of like warmed up to you and they respect you. Like, where do you see that? Because some of us might be like, they intimidate me. And so I'll be nice, but I'm not sure I can be close to that person. But I know there are a lot of aides kind of like you've talked about who I have people who are really closer. Danielle, you said, I have a friend who's an eight who, oh my gosh, has benefited me and our relationship is great. And so could you maybe give some insight to people who know eights and they're like, I don't know how to approach them? Sure. I find it really interesting because I have a, I have a diverse team that I work with that I'm in leadership over. Um, I have ones and twos and sixes that I work really closely with at work and we work really well together, but it takes time to build that relationship with, with them. And at first you, it's a small town, you know, you know, people. And so they, they see you out and about, they hear you engage in, in a little bit. And then they're like, I was a little nervous coming here. Um, I was a little nervous to have this conversation with you. Um, But now I know you and we've taken the time to build this relational equity, which is such a big piece. And this is not as scary. My church is full of nines. Like we're a church full of nines. And so that, (laughs) that definitely took some time for me to learn kind of what Danielle was saying to to dial back the intensity in some of these conversations and to make a decision. Is this a thing that I really have to say right now? Do I need to say what is on my mind? And can I use words that are less powerful to say it if I need to say it? So that was a learning curve for me because I love my church dearly, but they are peacemakers and I am a challenger. So. Yeah. Well said. Um, and it's interesting that you bring that up with nines because I want to go back and cover that here in a second with the poll. But what I'm talking to is a reference to wings. And so Danielle, can you remind our listeners what a wing is in the Enneagram system? Yeah. So wings are on either side of your uh, dominant number. So for Cassie here, her potential wings would be a seven wing or a nine wing. Um, and what I like to say about wings are they're kind of, they flavor your type, but they don't affect your type. Like your Enneagram work happens in your dominant type. So, but you can actually pull, um, behaviors from your wings. Um, and so, um, you know, and what I like to also say is that you can choose the behaviors from each type that, you know, would really be beneficial. So really finding the good in both the nine and the seven, Cassie could pull those in, um, and she probably needs to access that nine wing if her church is filled with nines a little bit more than um, even though her seven wing is the dominant. So. Yeah. And what I find interesting about that is, you know, as much as we've talked about how eights might be 
one of the more or the most difficult initially for some people to understand the two wings of uh, the eight, the nine and the seven, the dominant nine and dominant seven are in the top three of youth workers. So 50% of the youth workers who replied are twos, nines, or sevens, right? And so I think there's a really unique um, place for eights in that way to grow and also to help others shatter stereotypes and also grow themselves. Because um, as Danielle just said, you know, you can pull from both of those and kind of understand them more. Therefore, you would understand your nines more. But also, since you're a seven, um, you can really uh, access that and be present with kids in the moment and be able to hear about something, right? Uh, Cassie, where do you see your wing seven uh, kind of coming in and affecting you or you being able to draw from that to help in ministry? I mean, I love to have fun. I love a good adventure. I'm down for anything that doesn't, I'm not, I I don't get thrown at all. I'm not thrown. The kids get a little rowdy. I can get a little rowdy with them. The kickball game is going and I'm playing the kid. I'm not, I'm not reffing anything. I'm in it. You know, I'm yeah. playing the game. Um, so that's when my seven wing shows up. If they've got nine square in the air, like Cassie's in the court. And I'm probably going to win because I'm an eight and I'm not holding back just because y'all are kids. <laughs> that's not going to happen. Um, but that, so that's my seven wing showing up. But I do intentionally try to, especially even in light of how this last year has gone and the world that we live in and the brokenness that we see in the world. I, I do try to bring that nine in and hold on guys. Like y'all are getting a little, you're getting a little rowdy. You're getting a little angry. Like mm. let's, let's bring it down and like bring that nine wing in and, and, um, and pursue unity um, and use sort of the force and the power and intensity of my eight to pursue that unity that the nine loves. Yeah, I love that. Uh, Danielle, what would you expound on that for the eight wing sevens or eight wing nines who are listening and wondering how they can grow in ministry? Yeah. So the eight wing seven is interesting because both types are very future oriented and they both like a little bit of freedom, right? So eights um, really want to pursue autonomy. So like what Cassie said about authority is very spot on for eights, whereas sevens want to experience freedom. <laughs> All the options are open. So when you combine those, you get um, maybe um, someone who's more direct, um, quick and assertive, moving things forward. Um, when they're struggling, they can uh, be more focused on gaining control, um, and being patient and getting things done. Um, but they can be a powerful driving force um, and they can kind of plow the path to like moving us all forward on a team or in a ministry. I think that's a such a great quality. So the eight wing nine is, is really interesting because they are actually really opposed to each other in worldviews, <laughs> right? So the, the eight moves toward conflict and the nine avoids it. Um, this type is a little less aggressive, more of a gentle strength. Um, they're steady, patient, compassionate, um, and, um, they motivate others to just excel where they're at in their areas of strength. So they're more, one thing I didn't mention about the eights is they're great at empowering other people to be who, who God made them to be. So, um, combined with that nine, which is that encouraging, reassuring, accepting, uh, really gets them into a place of, 
really great ministry as far as empowerment goes. Yeah, yeah, I would also concur with that. Uh, my my eights have really pushed me to do well what I thought I did well, but no one cared about, or I wasn't really confident in it, even though I'm kind of wired that way. And I've also very much appreciated that. Um, Cassie, what would you share with any eights who are listening or people who know eights who need help understanding them and ministering with them uh, about just how to overcome hardship in ministry and where to shine and really how to live into how God wired them? Well, I would remind my eights that vulnerability is not your enemy. It feels like it is, um, but it's not. And um, kind of what Danielle said, find a few people that are safe and practice vulnerability. Um, It's not as scary as you think it is. And I know you don't think you're afraid, but you probably are a little bit afraid. Um, For those who know eights, um, I think understanding that we're operating from a place of of compassion, of love, of um, really wanting to protect and take care of our own, I think helps change the perspective a little bit that we're not just trying to take charge for the sake of taking charge yeah. that we're this is that it's not about us it was never about us it's about you and everyone else around us that we want to take care of yeah i love that i love that uh, well cassie this has been a great conversation thank you so much uh, for hopping on here and joining me uh, danielle thanks again i look forward to one more conversation with you here on the podcast and uh, i hope everyone listening has benefited from that. But ladies, thank you both again for your time. Thank Thank you. That concludes today's episode. Thanks again to Danielle, our co-host and Enneagram coach, and Cassie, our youth worker guest. If you haven't already, please like and subscribe to this podcast wherever you are listening to it. And remember, you can catch all of the episodes in this series, if you missed any, at our website, youthministrymaverick.com. You can also find a comprehensive list of our guests, their bios, lists of organizations and youth ministry to help you in your own ministry. There's also a store where you can buy some items and help fund the podcast to continue its work. We also really appreciate if you could go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. And if you do that, take a screenshot before you hit submit, send it to me, and I will mail you a personal thank you along with some merchandise that you can't get on the website. So please go and do that. I'm excited to continue this series. Um, Remember, every Tuesday and Friday, there's a new episode with a new guest and some practical information for you. That's all for now. So until next time, thanks again for listening. Adios.